So the reason that suffering or stress is able to arise in the hearts of people is because they hold to wrong views. And that's why the stukha can arise. And uh, so we, it's natural for us to experience uh, gain and also loss, uh, praise and blame, uh, fame and uh, loss of fame, and also pleasure and discomfort or displeasure. And, uh, but all of these um, are able to give us uh, suffering. They're all able to give us stress in our hearts. Um, but as we carry on practicing, we carry on developing these minds, um, then the suffering that we experience should lessen, it should reduce, because the cause for that suffering is getting less. That The mind is returning these defilements, it's giving them back, it's giving craving back. And so we have this opportunity now, today, it's a day off and people can come to the monastery and come to offer food to the monks and arms round, uh, come to chant. And so this day in Thai is called Wang Pra, uh, which can be translated as a noble day, a day to make our hearts noble. But in order for them to be noble, they need to have Dhamma in them. And we need to cultivate this path of sila, samadhi, and panya, uh, this maga, within our hearts. And when this maga is complete, what that means is that these factors of virtue, of collectiveness of mind and of wisdom, they all come together. And then true wisdom, this knowledge, jnana, is able to come up very clearly within the mind. So we say that sila, this virtue, is the restraint, the collectiveness of actions of body and speech. And this gives the result of making our hearts more firmly established in samadhi. And when we have this establishment of both samadhi and of sila, then a deep peace comes into the heart and wisdom can arise. We can understand the truth of inconstancy, of stress, and of not-self. So therefore we shouldn't be heedless in our lives uh, because we don't know when it is that we're going to die. But we do know that having been born already, we must die. We just don't know where, we don't know when, we don't know how whether we'll die on the land, in the water, even in the air. But we must prepare ourselves first. So we can ask ourselves, well, if today I'm going to die, then what should I be doing now? And how am I going to prepare myself? How am I going to bring my mind to peace? What goodness can I do? What skillful acts can I do? That if within the next hour, if in the next 30 minutes, I knew I was going to die, then what would I do right now? You know that we'd have to throw all the things that we own away in this world, that this body that we attach to, we're going to have to leave that behind. All the wealth that we've gained, we're going to have to toss that away. And how are we going to resign our minds to that? How are we going to be able to accept that? And if any anxiety appears, then that's going to cause us suffering. And then when we die, the next birth will be a bad one. But if we don't have any worries, any anxiety... Uh, then the mind will be in a bright and peaceful state and it will be go able to go to a good place. So therefore we should try to build up goodness constantly, to always be doing good deeds, 
whether that is uh, in terms of generosity, in terms of virtue, in terms of meditation, listening to the Dhamma, sitting in meditation. So we all have this faith and belief in our hearts already. And when we have this faith, an effort should come about in the practice. We have this effort to abandon unskillful qualities, to develop skillful qualities. And skillful qualities that uh, have arisen, we cultivate them even higher. And uh, we bring up unarisen skillful states. And we don't allow um, unarisen unskillful states to appear. So we have this effort there consistently um, in our minds training in mindfulness, uh, bringing about samadhi, and cultivating these so that they become better and better. And training our minds uh, to be peaceful is something that's very important. Because when they have uh, this samadhi, then they'll be at ease. When we have goodness in the heart, when we have kept our precepts, then the mind will be at ease. There'll be this merit there within the hearts, so we need to bring about peace in order for wisdom to arise. And when wisdom has arisen, then jnana, then this knowledge will appear. So just as the Buddha said about his own awakening, that uh, wisdom arose, this knowledge or insight arose, light arose. And so when there's this wisdom and this insight, this knowledge and brightness there, this appears within the mind, it, appears, it appeared within the heart of the Buddha. And the Buddha then took this knowledge and taught it to us all. And we should go and practice following his footsteps so that we can get results as well. And so we see that all things arise and cease. That whenever anything has come up, then it needs to pass away. And that's true for physicality, uh, that it needs to arise and cease, arise and cease. And we see that within our breath, uh, that when the breath has come in, that it needs to leave. And if the breath doesn't come into the body, then very soon it will die. If there's a depletion of oxygen, if there's not oxygen coming in, then in no long time this body can't stay on in the world. And so if the body doesn't have enough air, enough oxygen, if it doesn't have enough water, enough earth, enough heat, then it will need to die. And even though our minds may not wish for that to happen, the body breaks apart nonetheless because it just doesn't listen to us. It doesn't believe us. It doesn't follow our instructions. The mind may try to tell it to do this and that, but the body just doesn't listen, doesn't take heed. And so the Buddha asked this form, is it something constant or inconstant? And the five ascetics, they answered, it's inconstant. And then the Buddha said, well, things that are inconstant, they need to change. They're a source of stress. It's natural for them to be stressful like this. And for things that are stressful, things that change, is it appropriate for us to attach to them as being me, as being mine? And if our minds are peaceful, then we'll see that we really shouldn't attach to this thing as being me. It's inappropriate. It's something that we can't control. It just follows its own causes and conditions. It arises, it stays for a bit, it ceases. And through seeing this, then wisdom can arise, insight, knowledge can arise, and this arises within our own hearts. And so when this knowledge arises in the heart, then maga and pala, uh, the path and the fruits, arise as well. And the beginning we need to see into the drawbacks of the cycle of sangsara. 
uh, that it brings us so much stress each and every day. And then from seeing that, we try to find a way out of that stress. In order to walk that path, we need to practice following the teachings of the Buddha to develop this way of sila, samadhi, and banya. In the beginning, bringing up about peace can be something quite difficult. And uh, bringing about this inner stillness, this calmness of samadhi. In order to get there, we need to rely upon our training. We need to keep on practicing until we become skilled at it. But we all have this faith. We have faith in the teachings of the Buddha, faith in the triple gem, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha. You will have faith in generosity, faith in developing goodness. Um, we all have a sense of wholesome, skillful fear over wrongdoing um, and uh, an appropriate shame over uh, harmful acts. And these are the qualities of celestial beings, of devas. So when we have this faith like this, then it's appropriate for us to recollect the virtues and the good qualities of the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, and take this as a foundation of our meditation. Because if we have this faith, it shows that we are of a faithful character. So we should recollect um, the virtues of the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, and take these as our mental objects. And uh, we can collect this all in to just these words of Buddha, Dhammo, and Sangha, and see the goodness of these things there within our own hearts. And uh, then we come to cultivate uh, the... We can also cultivate the Brahma-viharas as well. Kindness and compassion, sympathetic joy and equanimity. And that we're able to do all of these things. We're able to meditate. We're able to know about how to build up goodness and build up merit is due to the compassion of the Buddha that he taught us all these things, that he gained this purity and wisdom within his own heart. And then through his compassion, he taught all of us about that. And if he didn't do that, if he didn't teach us, then we simply wouldn't know these things and we would be thrown around in the cycle of constant birth and death and birth and death without any perceivable end. So the Buddha taught this Dhamma already and we should recollect that Dhamma, that it was well taught. And there were those beings and are those beings who have practiced following that Dhamma. They've practiced well, they've practiced directly. So we recollect the goodness of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha in this way. We do this very frequently. And uh, this raises the amount of faith that we have. We cultivate this recollection of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha as our meditation objects. Or we can recollect death as well. We can recite Maranang, Maranang, uh, that life is not sure, but death is sure. So we pick up one of these meditation objects to develop the recollection of the Buddha, the recollection of death, the four Brahma-viharas of kindness and compassion, sympathetic joy, equanimity, or the uh, contemplation of the body. And these four objects of recollection and meditation uh, these are the meditation uh, objects which protect us, which provide protection. It's something that we need to train in. So death, for instance, recollect that all beings who are born must die. And this death, it has great power. It's no one's able to stop it. No one's able to put it at bay. And we don't know when it's going to come to us. And there was a time, or during the time of the Buddha, there was a young girl who developed this meditation of the recollection of death. And um, she 
She didn't know where she had come from. She didn't know where she was going to after she uh, died. But she did know that she would have to die for sure. So there was a time when the Buddha was teaching uh, many people in that town. And this girl, she had come from home. And she was on her way to her father's weaving guild. And uh, on the way, she stopped in to pay respects to the Buddha, who was like her father in the Dhamma. And uh, the Buddha was teaching at that time. But when he finished teaching, uh, he saw that this girl had the, the good qualities and the barami to be able to gain insight into the Dhamma. So he asked her, where did you come from? And she answered in terms of Dhamma that, I don't know. And the other people who were standing around listening, um, they didn't understand. They were confused and annoyed at why this girl was messing around with the Buddha. Why was she playing with him like this? And the Buddha asked her, where are you going to? And she answered, I don't know. And what this means is that uh, where did you come from means before you were born, where were you then? Where did this life come from? She said she didn't know. Where are you going meant, where will you go after you die? And she said she didn't know. So the Buddha then asked, so you don't know then? And she said, no, 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 I do know. Which meant that she knew that she would have to die. But she didn't know where she would die. She didn't know how she would die. So the Buddha exclaimed that this world is very dark and the people who see clearly are very few. And what we mean by the world is this very body here. The people attach to this thing and their minds become dark. But the people who can see the inconstancy, the stress, and how this body is not self, there's very few of those people. But when the mind is peaceful, we're able to see into the nature of physicality and mentality that these things really are stressful. They uh, really are inconstant. They really are not self. And so after this, uh, the girl, she went to the weaving guild and uh, when she was there, uh, inside uh, this building, uh, one of the shuttles flew off one of the looms, and it hit her on her forehead right between her eyebrows, and she died. And it kind of got her in the exact spot for her to die, um, that uh, the shuttle hit her right there. Just like how sometimes people can be in a bathroom and they can faint and hit their heads on the floor or break their neck. And it's hard to believe that people could die in this manner from just falling down. But it happens. And in the same way, um, a shuttle flew off the loom and it was able to kill this girl. So we see that really life is not sure, but death is sure. Uh, that death is the culmination of my life. My life must end in death. But when we die, we should make sure that it's just the body that dies. And we should make sure that the defilements, they die as well. Um, because if we still have life, um, but the defilements aren't dead, and then we die, then this greed, hatred, and delusion that will cause us to take a new birth. If we have skillfulness in our minds, then will go to a happy place. If the mind has unskillful qualities there, then it will be a place of suffering. But we'll carry on, getting tossed around, again and again, without end. So we see that being born in every single life is a cause of stress. 
and we experience the stress constantly. So the Buddha taught us to build up goodness, to build up skillfulness, to practice meditation. And uh, we try not to harm any beings. Uh, we try not to do any wrong or bad deeds. And we try not to do anything that will be a cause for suffering. And because if we do, then this will cause us to be born in a, in a painful place. And we just carry on being born and then dying and then getting born and then dying. And there's no perceivable end to it. So therefore we do need to practice. And we have this good opportunity now um, that we've been born as a human, that we've met with the teachings of the Buddha, and this Dhamma is still here. And when we practice this Dhamma, then we'll see the Buddha. And for those who were there during his lifetime, they saw his physical body, the body of his flesh. Uh, but they still didn't, many of them still didn't see the Dhamma. And so they didn't see the real Buddha. But the Buddha said, uh, whoever sees the Dhamma sees me. So perhaps we go to India, to the places where the Buddha was born, where he attained awakening, where he first taught, and where he passed into founding Nibbana, uh, these places of pilgrimage. And that's a good thing to do. It builds up a lot of goodness in our heart. It can strengthen the faith that we have, that he really was attained here. He really was born here, that he taught the Dhamma here. And uh, this can build up the belief that we have in these physical things. Uh, but that the belief that we have in the mental aspects and the non-physical aspects, this can still be quite unclear. In order to get that certainty, we need to practice, we need to cultivate our hearts um, to see these non-physical aspects with clarity, which means seeing the arising and ceasing of conditioned phenomena, seeing how all physicality and mentality arises and ceases. And by doing that, we see into the Dhamma. So we all need to try to practice, to study this way that the Buddha taught. And we have this opportunity now, so we should use that to practice. We've come to the monastery, or even when we work, we can always be contemplating, seeing that all things that are born need to get old, need to grow sick, need to die. We bring this reflection back into our hearts. We kind of humble our hearts into this reflection as well. We bring up wisdom. Uh, we bring up the precepts there in our lives. And we study. We are always training our hearts. And when we do this, then knowledge and understanding should arise. This insight into the Dhamma should come up. Wisdom and uh, knowledge appears. The Marga and Pala, the path and the fruits, appear. And these path and fruits, they're not something that are out of date. They can still appear in this day and age. Because whoever practices this path of sila, samadhi and panya and brings it to completion then Maga and Pala will arise for them right there. So we create goodness, and this brings about inner ease and happiness. Uh, we offer food to the monks. We maybe build kutis, or huts, for the monks. And this is due to the faith that we have, or faith in the belief that we have in the teachings of the Buddha. And so we support these teachings. We support the Buddha's dispensation. We have faith in chanting and sitting meditation and listening to the Dhamma. And this shows um, that we have this faith. What that shows is that we have created that character and we have uh, put in the cause as in the past uh, to have this kind of character that has faith in these things. And having these causes, we develop them further, these qualities further in this life. And if we practice without stopping, then we will gain the clear uh, eye of Dhamma. 
And so we practice and uh, bring our minds back to these meditation objects and constantly try to keep them there in our minds. Recollect the breath or recollect death. And uh, also build up uh, a lot of skillful acts. Because life is not sure. And no one really thinks that they may die today. But it is possible. Maybe later on this morning we'll die. Maybe in the afternoon. Maybe in the evening. Maybe at night. It's possible that we may die. Because life is not sure. And uh, we just don't know when it's going to come to us. When this death is going to come to us. And uh, so we should try to develop our minds today, to build up these good qualities today. And just like how we hear in the news all the time that this person and that person has died, and maybe this monk uh, has died. And one day, people are going to hear that news about us, that I have died, this person has died. And that's because all life ends in death. And so, so we take this opportunity that we have, and the time that we have left, uh, to build up goodness. And, uh, and if we were told that there were four mountains uh, in the four directions, and each of these mountains was coming in, uh, crushing everything in its path, steadily moving towards us, and these mountains, they were six kilometers away, and they're steadily closing in, then what would we do? Would we be heedless? And then we hear that they're five kilometers away, and they're four, they're three, they're two, just one kilometer away. In just one hour, they're going to reach us. There's no way that we can escape. What will we do? There's just one hour left to our lives, and then we need to die. What will we do then? Would we sit in meditation? Would we cultivate our hearts? Would we chant? And how would we bring our minds to a state of ease? How would we bring up merit and skillfulness in our hearts? Would we recollect the good things that we've done, the ways that we've given up, the charitable things we've done? Would we recollect our virtues? Would we med meditate and train our minds like this so they have peace? And if the mind is well established in samadhi, um, then we're able to do this. But if we've never trained in this, then we simply can't. So it's something that we do need to uh, prepare for first. Because if we don't prepare, then we won't be able to do these things in time. And, uh, so if we die in a state, in a mindless state, then the body, uh, then we'll get reborn as a spirit, as a ghost. And uh, that's because we're not able to recollect any goodness in time. So we do need to prepare ourselves first. We have this opportunity, we've been born as a human, we've met with the Buddha's dispensation. So we should be devoted to training our minds, to cultivating our minds, to making them higher, making them better, making them purer and brighter, and to gaining the eye of the Dhamma. So we recollect the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, we recollect death, we can re recollect or develop kindness, compassion, sympathetic joy, equanimity. And uh, we do this um, consistently within the mind. We tell ourselves that today I'm not going to get angry, I'm not going to give in to ill will, I'm not going to uh, harm anyone. And uh, it doesn't matter what people do to us, we'll forgive them. We aren't going to hold on to any grudges. And we tell ourselves that well, maybe I do need to die today, that death is coming very quickly. And uh, this makes our minds at peace. We're able to let go of these uh, other emotions. We're able to let go of anger. We won't want to harm any beings. And uh, we really are intent 
and uh, bringing our minds to this state to cultivating kindness and compassion in this way. And we'll see that as we train our minds, then uh, before we may have been someone who got angry very easily, but now our anger has lessened. And the same for ill will, and the same for uh, any aversion or grudges we may hold on to. We bring our minds to ease uh, through the Dhamma. And things are really not sure, that sometimes people may have a lot of wealth, and um, they may be very happy due to that wealth they have, due to the gains, due to the praise that they get. But these things are not sure. And when they change, when they lose these things, then a great amount of sorrow and anguish will arise. So they do need to be careful. And uh, so some people, they travel uh, to India and they uh, recollect the places uh, where the Buddha attained to awakening, where he taught the Dhamma, and joy, rapture arises. And this is due to them going to the places, these physical places uh, of the Buddha. This is something that's good to do initially. And when our minds are brought to a peaceful place, then we contemplate and we see the Buddha actually appear for us. And we understand that the Buddha too had to pass into Fauna Nibbana, that even his body had to arise and cease. And by doing this, we see into truth, we see the Dhamma. And uh, the Buddha taught us this, that all life is moving towards death, uh, that everyone that's born will have to die. And so what should we do right now? We should try to build up goodness. We um, see that even though people in the early stages of their lives may have uh, gone on a bad path, but they can turn themselves around and they can build up a lot of goodness. So they come from a dark place, but they go towards the light. And there are some people who were, oh sorry, and then when they die, then they may see a mental image or a vision of the Buddha, a vision of members of the Sangha. And uh, when they pass away, then they'll go to a good place. And that's because their mind is in a very bright and joyful place, that they have wisdom, they've got goodness there. And then they see this mental image and this brings them to a good birth. And there are some people who, even though they were born in a very good state or into a good family, they can lose the way they become heedless. So they come from the light and they go into darkness. And then when they die, or before they die, then a bad mental image arises. And this can take them to a very bad and painful place. And uh, there are also some people who, they were born in a good state and they cultivate that. They make that even better. So they go from light and into light. And there are some people who were born in a dark state. And as they live their lives, they become even darker and darker. They have more and more unskillful qualities uh, in their hearts. So for us, now that we've been born, whether we were born in a state of darkness or into light, we should make sure that we go towards light, that we build up goodness, that we're determined that today we will build up a lot of goodness, that we're going to keep our precepts, we're going to be generous, we're going to help out in society, we're going to cultivate samadhi, and we're going to do a lot of chanting, and we're going to build up uh, goodness with this opportunity that we have in order to see the Buddha there within our hearts. And by seeing the Buddha, uh, we see the Dhamma, and seeing the Dhamma, we see the Buddha. And so we shouldn't be, anyone, we shouldn't be people who are heedless. And if we're not heedless, that means that we're not dead. And uh, there are those people who, even though they haven't died yet, uh, they have a lot of unskillful qualities. They are heedless, and that means that they're dead already. So when we practice in this way of sila, samadhi, and banya, um, then we'll be able to move closer and closer 
towards uh, Nibbana. And when this path comes together, we'll experience uh, the path and the fruits, and Nibbana will appear clearly for us. So this is something that we should practice. And, uh, in the beginning, it's not clear, it doesn't come up clearly. And, uh, but we still have a faith, we still have belief, belief that there is uh, the next life, for instance. Even though we haven't actually seen these things for ourselves, we haven't actually seen devas, we believe that they exist. And then we come to practice. We have this faith, and then we use that to practice, to gain wisdom for ourselves, and we see these things there within ourselves. So we don't have to look far away, because devas appear right here in the present moment within our hearts. And for the lay people who follow this way of Silas, Madhi, and Panya, then uh, the deva will appear there within their own hearts. So we look within ourselves, that when the heart is agitated, then it's hell. When the heart is happy, then that's heaven. We look right within ourselves here in the present moment. And uh, so we abandon unskillfulness. We give rise to skillfulness. And this inner deva uh, develops. We have the bodies of a human, but the mind of a celestial being. What we call a manusa deva. So this happens. This appears right here within ourselves. We ask ourselves, what are our minds like? Are they in a state of humanity? Are they like a deva? Are they in a hot state? We observe this there within ourselves. So having this opportunity now, we use it to listen to the Dhamma, to cultivate our minds. Because life is not sure, but death is sure, and having been born, we all must die. When we recollect this, however, we should make sure that our minds don't become depressed due to that recollection. And uh, if they are, then that's not good, we're not doing it correctly. But what should happen is a sense of disillusionment, dispassion should arise within ourselves. And then we can ask ourselves, why would I want to get angry? But I, why would I want to hate anyone? Why would I want to get annoyed at my husband, my wife, my children? We won't give in to these states, but we'll be devoted to building up goodness, skillfulness, constantly practicing, constantly cultivating our hearts. And uh, through doing this, then we find happiness there within our own hearts. And so may all of you take these teachings and put them into practice.